0: Hi everyone, you're listening to Mary Reads Scripture, a production of the Ephesus School Network. I'm Mary, and today I'll be reading, and you'll be hearing from the book of Romans. Let's begin, as we always will, by hearing Scripture. Today's reading is from Romans chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. But to those who are self seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek but glory honor and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek for there is no partiality with God welcome back at the end of episode 13 we discussed how those who are self-seeking are not persuaded by the truth but are persuaded by unrighteousness what happens to them The text says that there will be indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. It's stunning how much is being expressed in the Greek in just this one sentence. Let's start with the word translated as indignation. This word in Greek is orgi, a settled, controlled anger that we first learned about in episode 5. This type of anger involves waiting a sufficient amount of time before expressing anger and is a particular characteristic of the scriptural God. It is frequently translated as wrath. This is curious because after indignation in the translation, we do get a word translated as wrath, but it means something very different in the Greek. That word is themos, which means an outburst of passion or anger. It comes from the word theo, which means to rush along, get heated up, or breathe violently. It is anger with strong impulses that results in action. If you remember from episode 12, we discussed the word macrothemia, which means long passion or long anger, and is often translated as long suffering. God's long anger seems to be more synonymous with orgi, whereas themos is anger that is no longer restrained, it is expressed anger. Here, those who are persuaded by unrighteousness instead of the truth will encounter both God's settled indignation, or gi, and his unrestrained anger, themos, his expressed anger. What is this telling us? I think we need to look at how this word themos is functioning more broadly in Scripture. It is used 18 times in the New Testament, eight of which refer to anger coming from human beings. We hear in one example from Luke chapter 4, verse 28 through 29. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, themu, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down over the cliff. But Jesus thwarts their attempt to act in a harmful way against him. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Aside from referring to the anger of human beings, Themos is used once to refer to the anger of the devil, the Avalos, and another in conjunction with the fornication of Babylon. Both examples are from the text of Revelation. The other eight times, Themos is used in the New Testament to refer to God's anger, one time here in Romans and seven times in the text of Revelation. Let's look at one example from Revelation chapter 14, verse 9 through 10. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, tu thimu tuseu, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation, or geese. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Another example is from Revelation chapter 14, verse 19. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God, Thimu tu theu. In both of these examples, we can see that Themos is again accompanied by an action, but the action is God's this time. Anyone who worships the beast and his image will be tormented with fire and brimstone, and the vine of the earth will be gathered and thrown into the great winepress of the wrath of God. We can see from both of these examples that the scriptural God's long anger, his patience and leniency comes to an end, specifically and predominantly in the text of Revelation. Let's move on and look at the words translated as tribulation and anguish in verse 9. Both of these words in English really don't fully express what is being communicated in the Greek. The word for tribulation is lipsis and is used to mean persecution, affliction, or distress. Properly, it means pressure in the sense of constricting or rubbing together. It is used to express a narrow place that hems someone in or an internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined. The word translated as anguish is like it. This Greek word is stenoxoria and is used to communicate narrowness of space, difficulty, great distress, or anguish. It comes from the words stenos, which means narrow or confined, and kora, which means space, territory, or area. Both tribulation and anguish involve narrowing and constricting constricting and narrowing, will come upon every soul of man who does evil. The soul in scripture is a direct result of the breath of God. The word for soul in Greek is psiki and means the vital breath or the breath of life. Psiki corresponds directly to the Hebrew word for soul, nephesh, nephesh hayah, which we hear about for the first time in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Le nefesh haya. The soul is then the direct result of God breathing his gift of life into what he has formed from the dust of the ground, thus making an ensouled being. We might say, then, that those who are not persuaded by the truth but are persuaded by unrighteousness will have a constricting and narrowing come upon their breath of life, the gift that was given to them by God. These connections between constricting and narrowing and the breath of life is something we would never hear in the English. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. The Greek word translated as partiality is "prosopolypsia," and means respect of persons or favoritism. It comes from the words prosopon, which means the face or countenance, and lambano, which means to take or receive. If God shows no partiality, then he does not take or receive the face of either Jew or Greek. God does not have a preference for whose face it is. He is concerned with action specifically the actions of everyone who works for what is good. After all, there is only one face, one countenance, that matters in Scripture. And that's the face of the one who either breathes life into his creation or breathes violently and acts accordingly. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week for a new episode of Mary Read Scripture. Bye!